0: It's episode 32 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Heather Urquhart. Hello. Hi. I'm Heather Urquhart. Welcome to the Improv London podcast.
1: Thank you very much. That was very, um, like, you sounded like a ringmaster. When Thank you, you very said much.
0: That. I'm... Uh, and you are the acts.
1: Yes, I am the lion and the circle of fire.
0: Really? What does that tell us? <laughs> Is that too soon? Is that too soon yeah. for the for the deep and probing yeah. psychological yeah. questions was was or soon I
1: thought we were gonna start with like so, how you know
0: yeah. what do you do? Well, I was gonna start with tell us about your discombobulating day.
1: Um well, I was just saying to you before you pressed the big red button that um <laughs> We do, we're, doing a, we're working on an improvised concept album at the moment called The Concept. Gosh. And uh, it's so fun, but um, it's bloody knackering. Because <laughs> you're um, improvising constantly for like the length of an album. And then uh, yeah, we were sort of doing a dress rehearsal, so we wanted to get a few albums in. Because we did feel like, you know, with, with most shows I rehearse, especially anything longer or narrative, it's like, just do the first bit. And the rest takes care of itself. But with a concept album, like the whole sort of concept is (laughs) that you're making an entire thing, you know. So um, that's why we had to like do a few of them just to sort of have a chat and see where we were with it. Um, And it's brilliant. It's really exciting. We've got um, three musicians, three visual artists, uh, five vocal improvisers and like lighting and tech.
0: Wow, it's pretty cool. Yes,
1: and it's all come together quite quickly, which is unusual for improv. You know, when it's like normally you have an idea and then four years later you realise you haven't done it. <laughs> um, whereas this has been sort of the opposite, so that's quite fun. Um, but I'm quite I've got quite a surreal head on because of singing weird songs all day.
0: Right. Okay. So it's it's an imp- So you're improvising an album. Yes. So, so I I had images of you were going to put you know an album on and then enact, somehow enact the album. But you're actually improvising an album from, wow. Yeah,
1: so the, con- the conceit of the show is that um, the-, the fronter comes on and says, you know, I've been, I've been digging around charity shops all day today, and I found this incredible album that um, by this amazing band that's um, incredibly rare. No one's ever heard it before, and um, we're, but we're going to listen to it tonight. Yeah. So it's either like depending on how your brain works, um, they're here tonight to play the album live, or in, weirdly in my brain, I imagine like I imagine listening to the album. It's right. just it's like you can see the people there in front of you. Yes. Um. Yeah. So we've been sort of uh, doing that really, and, and what's I suppose different from my normal sort of improv or maybe stuff that you and I are used to doing is that there's no scenes. Right. There's no one on stage. It's all performed with mics. And um, the visual is like live animation, so we have got people sort of drawing the stories and then animating them. Yeah, which is great. It's really fun.
0: Yeah, sounds amazing. Yeah,
1: really fun. And and the music's good, I think.
0: Yeah. What sort of... Is it... uh, So you've done dress rehearsals today. Is it always a consistent style, or are you... I mean, I'm imagining it's quite sort of Trippy prog rock, but that's just maybe my own personal preference.
1: Um, well, it's um, it is a mixture. I mean, we do ask the audience for what artists were influenced by,
0: <laughs> but we haven't really hit it that well, to be honest with you. <laughs> I worry about that because yeah. it's, do not think that you know you're going to get. I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody that would be hard to do forty five minutes of.
1: Well, the thing was, my thinking was that. Um, I won't, we won't talk about this the whole time. Okay. But my thinking, I think it's more, a more general thing with improv. It's like the idea of the suggestion. And like how much do you use suggestion as a thing that influences the whole piece? How much do you use it as a jumping off point? Right. And also with something like that, it's like how often do you check in with the audience? Right. So like for example, with something like Showstopper, you've got the mechanic of like constantly checking in with the audience and sort of saying, see, this is improvised. Um, whereas with this we, we start and then we go we go right through so our thinking was A if we asked our influences like if they came in like two-thirds of the way through it would just remind the audience that they were still part of it mm. Even though we hadn't talked to them for a while and the other my other theory although I think this might just be me being optimistic is that when a band is said you know you listen to their album and, and they sound like they're influenced you know by like blur and um, uh, What's her name? Martika. Ha! <laughs> that was the name that came into my head. <laughs> my friends who are in bands will often say, oh my God, I don't think we sound anything like uh, that. Ah,
0: right, yes. So yes,
1: I think yes. like, to use the influence literally as an influence yes. rather than a kind of, we're going to do an impression of this. Ah, uh,
0: right, okay. So yes. sometimes it
1: might be light touch. But I mean, again, because it's, it's the first time of doing it, you know, if the audience are like, you didn't do our thing, you yeah. might have to rethink that. That's
0: the exciting thing. I mean, it would be a cheerless audience to go, but I said I wanted you to sound like Duran Duran, and you were more wham, and I want my money back.
1: Well, maybe, I don't know. I mean, they would be bastards, clearly. (laughs) But there is that thing of, like, why ask for a suggestion if you're not going to use it? Yes. And I do get that. Yes. Because I'm quite happy to watch people just get up and just do improv from nothing yeah 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 so yeah i guess we should honor our suggestions if we're given them it's just how much you do i suppose yeah yeah depending on the type of improv
0: yeah and i suppose if you're dealing with influences and you're improvising it and you've got so many people improvising in so many different ways some people might have a you know intimate knowledge of you know the rio album uh, whereas other people might be more seven on the ragged tiger so you know even then
1: yeah I can see you're going to be a future cast member because we, uh, <laughs> we need people that know stuff.
0: know <laughs> stuff about music.
1: Yeah. And it's funny as well, actually, like working at where our, our Venn diagram of what we like sits. Oh, yeah. So it's very much, it's that got I've got your back thing of like yes. uh, Jenny her. you know, the other day, where like the, the influences are like Apex Twin, and she's like, what?
0: <laughs> um, is this ambient Apex Twin or is this more, you know... Uh,
1: yeah, like 90s Bowie was another oh, one. Right. Day. And actually, all of us were like, no idea.
0: <laughs> I was
1: like, fame. And then Fred, <laughs> who's working, it was like, nope, that's 80s. 80s, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, it's just trying to use it in a fun way and not in a slavish way. And also trusting that if you don't know something, then A, maybe the audience won't, but one of us is going to... Or we'll have Stuart in the audience going, uh, excuse me. Okay.
0: <laughs> I wish to be the arbiter of yeah. the musical accuracy of this act. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been very good, but I think you'll find. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, don't, Yeah, don't do that. I won't do that. Because we'll definitely not meet your expectations.
0: <laughs> and also, you're improvising, a, you know, a whole album on the spot, you know. It's like, that's pretty amazing. So, you know.
1: We'll see.
0: <laughs> Even attempting to do it will be amazing. It will be yeah, amazing. oh
1: yeah, oh yeah, definitely. It's super, super fun.
0: No, it's really interesting when um you're able to take um improv and then sort of bring these other art forms together with it and sort of see where that takes you. I think that sounds really exciting.
1: Yeah. I think it's really important as well actually. I was talking to um there's a lovely man called Kevin Galise and he runs the Dad's Garage Theatre in Atlanta. And he was talking about how, like, he's been trying to make that theatre work. And one of the ways in which he's been doing it is to reach out to other performance communities. Yes. So he's been working on a project with the um, the National Opera there, I think. And he's been trying to work with the ballet company and things. And teaching them improv, making a show based around that. And that's helped him with funding and stuff. And it's, you know, it's great, isn't it? Because it gives yes. it everything a different flavour and it just sort of spreads the spreads the good word of improv yes so i'd love to do more of that
0: yes and also um you know improv techniques are so adaptable that you know there are applications in i would say all art forms
1: yeah we pause for reverent reflection (laughs) and in all life actually since you know, since this is an improv podcast, let's just bloody go evangelical. Yes, yes. Everyone should do
0: it. Yes, although to be honest, if they've got to the stage where they're listening to this podcast, they're probably that's, already doing that's it. That's true. <laughs> but you, you, you
1: tell everyone that you yes. know to go and, and do it. Yes. Spread it like a disease.
0: That would be, that would be good, yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Like a happy disease.
0: So. <laughs> yes, that's one of the things I've been thinking about. It's like, well, how do we get more people Um, you know, how do we expand our audience? How do we expand, I don't know, how Mm. do we expand? Maybe it's that working with other art forms and then you get um, the ballet fans in and they think, well, I enjoyed the ballet, but hey, that bit where they improvised, that was really good too. I don't know Mm. if that's the answer.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I go in and out of it because sometimes I'm like, I feel like I've been saying... Uh, we're on the wave and it's just breaking on the shore. I feel like I've been saying that for about six
0: years. <laughs> and I'm all right with that because yeah. it's a very
1: big slow wave. And, that's, yes. and I still believe that. Yes. Um, but I, I, I wonder, like, I think I go in and out of thinking, what is this for? Like, is it for performance? Is it, is it um, commercial? Should we try and sell as many tickets as possible? Do, you know? Or is it about something more? I mean, for me, it's about something more. But that doesn't mean I don't also enjoy, like, big sell-out shows. Mm. But I think, you know, sometimes when we're doing workshops or shows around this community and, and we're around lots of improvisers and we see the same faces, I know sometimes people can feel like, oh, you know, I did a show and it was all improvisers in the audience. But I don't, I don't see that as being a problem yeah. for, for me. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love big shows, but part of the, the thrill for me is the community, you know, yes. and... It's like a big family, isn't
0: yes, it? Yes it is, yes.
1: Which which I really like. Um but yeah, I mean no I don't think anyone would be unhappy if if it grew bigger. Yeah. But I I think it's that thing of um I think you have to enjoy the now, don't you? Yes, definitely. Like you have to enjoy what it's doing now because if you're just waiting for it to to sort of break then yes. it might never. Yes. And that's okay too. But all the signs are pointing in the right direction. <laughs> that's
0: good to hear. That's good to hear. Okay, so um, you are. I have a hand gesture. I didn't know. I didn't notice. I had that. Yeah, you can't hear it. See it. If I didn't mention it. Yeah.
1: It's there's, lovely. There's,
0: thank you very much. There's a new thought plan.
1: For those of you listening, it's sort of like. Um, Stuart is gesturing. He looks a bit like a rainbow. has oh, got a kind of happy face. I
0: think it was a sort of a sun salutation, but yes, I'm happy with rainbow.
1: It's, that, it's in that whole yeah, rainbow so area. Yeah, it's in that, yeah, the rainbow
0: area. Um, you are a member of the May Days. I am. What's that like? It's great. <laughs> it would be awful to find out that you didn't enjoy it, and it was awful. this was the way in which you'd chosen to share <laughs> that news with... Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> um, it's
1: great, it's great, it's brilliant I'm um, talking of improv families That is my improv family And it's really interesting Because um, I don't know whether any of the other melees have talked about this on podcasts They probably haven't and they probably kill me But um, every few months we get together And we basically have um, Group therapy I think they right. would say wow. um, So we get together and we We get together and we talk Or we do whatever we need to do To, um, to do stuff that isn't improv that makes the improv better brilliant and on monday this week we we're supposed to have a rehearsal and we were like hang on a minute it's, this doesn't feel like what we need to be doing is having a rehearsal this feels like we need to um you know just talk about some stuff because improvising's about trust and intimacy you know friendship and i believe uh, i believe great work comes from that anyway so um we had this lovely chat uh, uh, on monday talking about um Basically, how difficult it is to keep going when everyone is so busy with other projects.
0: Yes.
1: And I think the thing about the Maydays is that, you know, we've been, we've been together as a company for 13 years. Right. Um, which, when you develop together, you grow together, but you also grow in different directions. And, yeah, but I think about seven years ago, we started to work on different things. And at the time, that felt like, my God, you're cheating on me with another improv project. Mm. Now, everyone's got, like, loads of different stuff going on. And actually, it's brilliant because we all feed it back in. Uh, but we had this chat on Monday about um, how we all felt, like, pulled in loads of different directions because there's just so much going on now, you know. But um, it, it's just really good to stop and appreciate each other, I think, mm. which is what we did. And I just made me go, oh, I'm really, really glad I'm in, a May, I'm in the May days. Because um, especially when you teach, you tell people a lot about, like, that stuff. But like not taking each other for granted and things, so it's really nice to feel like you you're doing what you you hope other people will do, you know. Yes. Um. But yeah, I love it.
0: Brilliant! I'm glad. And so, I would say in uh, the best uh, improv groups, everybody brings a different thing to the stage. Yes. What do you bring?
1: Oh. God damn you. I knew you were going to say something like this. Um, I don't know. You tell me. Uh, Stupidity?
0: (laughs) In what way, stupidity? Um,
1: Well, actually, I mean, I I said that flippantly, but I feel like um, one of my favourite things, I, I like being put in the shit as an improviser. Right. I like being put in... Uncomfortable, stupid positions. I like, yeah, just like getting into peril, you Right. know. Um, whether that be like dramatically, or or that you know we're messing with each other so much, uh, you know. I love it, and I and I think that's what I mean about like working with the same people. The trust level's so high that you know you can really fuck with each other.
0: <laughs>
1: and I don't think you can do that without like earning that. No. Yeah. No, no. Um. So, yeah, I think that's why. I, so I like um, being messed with. That's not really answer to the question. Does it?
0: Uh, well, let's explore that for a bit more and you can have time to think about um, the other bit. So when people are messing with you, what sort of things are you thinking of that people do or, uh, you know, that are able to do because you have this trust?
1: Um, I think, like, making hurtful remarks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. Okay. Well, I don't know. I
1: mean, I'm I'm sort of not even joking. Like, I, I think based, like you can you can play like super mean characters, yes. and you can have opinions that aren't your own. Yes. You know, you, you can speak to the truth of a, a thing that's come up, and not worry that anyone's going to second guess that it's about them yes. or you know anything like that. And um, you know, like for example, I'm really sure, John's really bald. There's all this stuff like. Like, in stand-up, you know, they say, you know, you come out and you, you talk about, like, what you are in the first five minutes. It's because
0: otherwise the audience are thinking it and they're all going to go, oh, you look like, you know.
1: And it makes everyone feel at ease. And I, I, I don't think that we rely on that stuff, but we know each other so well that we know that we can push those buttons occasionally and sort of say, look, look at the short one. Or, <laughs> you know? God, this is coming off really badly. <laughs> We can climb on each other and, you know, I think we, we quite, quite a Mayday style thing actually quite often is, is group scenes. We will sort of bully each other mercilessly, but it's like kids in the playground, you know, it's like just sit on each other or, you know, poke each other in the face, you know, and it's, <laughs> it feels really fun. And I wouldn't do that with just anyone because you need to sort of know that someone's all right with that. Yes. Or just grabbing someone and kissing them, for example, you know. Uh, again, not something we do all the time, but having worked together for someone, we've had these conversations like, are you okay with that? Yeah, I am. Or I'm not, and then don't do it, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. Liz loves to be climbed on. Really? And she likes picking people up and being picked up, for example.
0: <laughs> I did not know that.
1: This is a thing you now know about
0: her. Brilliant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that answers that bit. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it's about. Feeling like you can go anywhere on stage, and the other and everyone's going to be all right with it. I think. Um, I still don't know what I bring. I'm just stalling. Um, uh, I like singing. Brilliant. That's what I bring.
0: You bring the singing. You bring the music.
1: I bring
0: the music. See, you just did it just then. Yeah. It was music in the room.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think I've sung too much today.
0: You think so? Yeah. That can't. That can't be. That can't, can't be, be true. It can't be possible.
1: Um, yeah, well, we were talking about this before, weren't we? And, we, and Jules was joking and saying that like, positivity, but if I, had, like, if, I had to, if I had to self-describe in a way that I liked, I'd say positivity, you know, like cheer. <laughs> and like John, for example, John Kramer, who will probably never listen to this, but I hope he does, he brings like unashamed cantankerousness.
0: I really want to interview
1: John. Oh, you should! I'd He'd love, love to. it. you would just sit here and be really grumpy for ages. It'd be great.
0: He's, I think he's cropped up. Uh, definitely crops up a lot as yeah. someone that's had an influence on people. Yeah. And I've never. I haven't actually met him, so he sounds. Yeah. He sounds hilarious.
1: He's brilliant. He's totally. So basically, I bring the opposite of what he brings.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. You are the ying. Yeah. The Johns. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So. Let us, uh, let us travel back in time. Yes. How did your, where did, when did you first start performing any sort of thing, never mind just improv? How did you get into getting up on stage and doing stuff?
1: Well, I've always been an attention-seeking little madden. Right. So um, <laughs> I always wanted to do acting, and, and at school I never got the parts, and I got really cross with my drama teacher. And then I joined the National Youth Theatre for a while um, and really enjoyed that. And then um, I did a physical theatre sort of uh, degree. And during that physical theatre degree, I met Kevin Tomlinson, who is based in Oxford and runs an improv company called Kapow, who still do stuff, but Kevin tends to these days do more sort of solo improv, right. does a lot of mask work and there's a lot of Johnston stuff. And we did a show in, I want to say 2002.
0: Let's just commit to that.
1: But I might have to look it up. Uh, but we did a show called The Game of Love and it was sort of quite a guerrilla theatre sort of thing in Edinburgh. And then... So what,
0: what was that show? What was the format of that the show? The format
1: of that show was it was a short-form show, but the kind of um, framing of it was um, it was a, a, a game show in which the improvisers were competing for the audience's love.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: And uh, what was what I really liked about that show is that rather than being scored on your performance, and in fact you weren't scored, you know, all these things are just a set-up with which to... Um, to frame great improv was that um, the love was given for this person who would set up the scene. So if you said, "Right, right I really want these guys to do," um, I mean, I don't know. For example, a, a questions only scene. That the, at the end you'd say, "So, o- audience, did you like my my idea for the scene?" Right. So it was never about like judging the performance. Ah, all right, okay,
0: that's interesting.
1: Um, so it's just a nice little frame for short form, and we would do lots of forfeits and silly things like that. And then at the end of the night, um whoever had one that audiences love would get to sit in the middle of the audience and have a Polaroid taken <laughs> with the whole audience. <laughs> and um, I remember I've still got all those Polaroids from all those years ago because yeah. I, I was still, I say still in love. I just, I could not get enough of this crack that was improv. And, um, you know, I knew I knew then that it was going to be the thing that I was going to do, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, so that's how I got into it. When I was doing physical theatre, I was, shockingly rubbish at it
0: really what um, sort of thing do you do in physical theatre
1: um it's sort of qu- it's quite heavily dance based and at the time it was kind of quite a small thing so it's companies like DV8 and Frantic assembly and a company that are, do a lot of physical theatre now who are hugely called geckos so that might be a reference for some people mm-hmm. um and at the time because i really loved acting but i felt like i was just a head walking on stage and i was like i really want to get into my body um, but I realised that I was an actor who wanted to be more physical. And right. everyone else on the course were basically dancers who wanted to learn more of the performance. Ah, side right, yes. So I was a real odd one out. Yes. But, so when the improv module happened, so that's how I met Kevin, he came in to teach. I was like, oh,
0: <laughs> this is
1: the thing for me.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was it, really. Never look back. Love it. I think lots of people have that, though, don't they? The first time they, they try improv, they're like, yeah. Yeah. I don't in fact, i don't I don't know I don't think I've ever met anyone who's had a, like an apathetic reaction to improv. I've met some people who've gone, oh I found it a little bit I was a bit shy
0: yeah, I found it
1: hard but I don't think I've ever met anyone who has been like that I had no feelings about that
0: i think I think if you've got to the stage where you're attending a class or mm. something, those that were going to be apathetic about it has probably been filtered out mm. So you've got to have something, and I talk about this quite a lot on the podcast, just remembering the fact that getting along to your first class mm. is actually a really major step. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you, I don't think, if, having gone through all that to get to the class, I don't think you could be lukewarm about it.
1: It's true. I think maybe my, my reference point sometimes is like, because I do a lot of stuff sometimes in, um, you know, businesses or, Charities or something, oh, yeah. and sometimes we just get stealth, like launched on people stealth, Ooh. so they don't know that they're doing improv. Right. Um, but it, I, it's really interesting. Like even in those situations, people are like they find themselves doing it, and they're like, "You see a little light go on. Yeah, yeah. And it's lovely. It's really lovely."
0: So in those situations, what well, the the employees aren't even told that you're coming, or they aren't told what you're going to be doing, or What's the level it, it, of subterfuge?
1: It varies. I mean, um, some people are like, don't tell them anything. We want to freak them out.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which I'm, I'm kind of like not so, I'm actually fine with it. Because the thing is, I know that like my, my intentions are pure and good. Yes. So even if the person booking us is like, I want to freak them out. I know they're going to have a lovely time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they'll get told it's team building, but they won't know what. Right. And, and sometimes they will get told it's improv, but they might not have. Necessarily elected into it, you know. Yes, what I mean? yes. And it depends what they want to use it for. Like sometimes they might just want to work on collaboration or creativity, but sometimes it might just be like a confidence, confidence thing. You know, because as we're bookending with earlier, as we we're talking about, it's got lots of different applications, hasn't it? So um, yeah, what were we talking about before? I've lost it.
0: Um, we were talking. Oh, the mists of time. Yes, that's right. We were talking about you.
1: Yeah, that's how I got into it. Yes, that's and, great. And then, shall I keep going? Yes, keep oh, going. All right, great. Uh, and then I joined the Maydays in two thousand and six, maybe two thousand and seven.
0: How did you hear about the Maydays?
1: Um, with a small piece of paper on a table. Right. Um. At the time. I've been away from Brighton, I've been working on cruise
0: ships. Oh really? What were you doing on cruise ships? I was a
1: croupier in the casino.
0: Wow. Uh, that's probably not as glamorous as it sounds. Nope. <laughs> Although
1: I did deal poker to slipknot once.
0: Really? <laughs> that's wow. My best,
1: that's my best story. And they are lovely and they're really good tippos. I'm, so.
0: sure, I'm sure they are lovely, yes. Yeah. So did you know they were slipknot at the time? I did. Oh, right, okay. Yes. Had you been warned that they were on the... Were they performing as well on the cruise? No,
1: God, no. They were just having a holiday, but they had, like, loads of massive bounces with them. So we knew there was someone and then found out they were Slipknot. But they were great.
0: They Um, weren't wearing the masks or anything? No, and
1: everyone says that. They're like, how did you know when they were wearing the masks? And I was like, they can't wear them all the time. (laughs) I don't know whether when they go to a casino or a cruise ship.
0: But that also ship. means that they could have easily not been Slipknot,
1: and <laughs> someone could have been lying to me. But I believe that they were.
0: Yeah, that's like, I prefer to believe that too. i yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that they were nice and you know. Good, good
1: they flippers. were gentlemen.
0: Yeah. Well, that's that's. Uh, I'm 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 pleased to uh, I'm pleased to hear that about Slipknot. So. <laughs> no, I genuinely am. I think you know. Yeah. I mean, they make they make a they make a right old racket, but. Uh, they could be gentlemen while they do yeah. it, why not? Yeah. Uh, so how did you get into being a croupier? Are you good at cards?
1: No, I think I just didn't know what else to do. Right. Um, yeah, because I, so I, I always knew I wanted to do... And I already knew at that time that I wanted to do um, improv, but I think... Oh, it's sad, isn't it? I think a lot of people who are interested in doing creative stuff for their job... I just told, that's not going to be a thing you can do. It's just not a thing you're going to be able to do. And lots of people believed that. And I believed it for ages. I was like, well, of course I can't do the thing I love most in the world for a job. How stupid is that? (laughs)
0: Um,
1: And now I know that's not true, which is happy. Um, But, yeah, I came back back from that. And I was like, I really didn't know what to do. And then I saw this long form course, which was with um, Katie, lovely Katie Shoot and Rachel. And um, because, yeah, I'd obviously done quite a bit of improv by that time but I had a break I kind of just straight away was like this is the thing and straight away they were like come and join us um (laughs) so that was that really and then uh yeah it's just got kind of sort of snowballed from from there really because that was the point at which I went hang on a minute everyone deserves to do what they want to do and um yeah and if that if I ever change what I want to do I'll do that as well you know but it's really easy to not do the thing you want to do because there's an old inner critic and little fucker, and or or actually sometimes not yourself, other people, I suppose. But don't believe them. No. Do <laughs> what makes you happy. Yeah, that's
0: a good message. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, <laughs> so the whole little fucker thing. Um. Uh. Speaks to me in the voice of Remy Bertrand.
1: That's hilarious. That's quite a sexy voice to have in your head, I suppose. Maybe not for you. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. Does he know that?
0: Well, I don't imagine he listens to the podcast, but... uh... I'm
1: going to track him down and tell him. (laughs) You should tell him. You know what? You should record him saying really awful things, and then when the fucker comes in, yeah, just replace it with a real. This life. is actually
0: the real one, rather yeah. than my imagine. Be
1: way less <laughs> bad, I imagine. Yeah.
0: I will, I, don't think I will ask him, but I will ask him to do that.
1: That's hilarious. I love that. <laughs> I really love that. That's very funny, Sorry.
0: No, it's good. It's good. Um, so yes, and. So, other things that you do.
1: Yeah, well, um, lot loads. Yes. Like, I mean, Tell me about them. I was joking about um, earlier on saying we could sort of spend all night because um, the trouble with being an improviser is you say yes to things, don't you? Yes. Um, yes, says the improviser. Yes. <laughs>
0: I am programmed to do that. Yes.
1: So yeah, Mayday's Mayday's is brilliant, and we've done. I mean, we do loads of shows. It's, oh, you tell me about
0: the um, Tim Burton.
1: Oh yeah, so we're at the moment working on a show called Happily Never After, which is a Tim Burton-inspired improvised musical, which is lovely. Um, Where did the
0: idea for that come from? Uh,
1: so we work with a fantastic musical director called Joe Samuel, uh, who I've written a book with.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: uh, Link in the show notes. Yeah, with with uh, about musical improv. We're, we're pretty nuts about music, um, and it tends to be quite a big component of our shows, but uh, Joe... Uh, as, as with every improviser, everyone has a different style, and just because Joe's improvising through a piano doesn't mean he's any less of a part of the show. In fact, sometimes more. And he noticed that um, he has a sort of, uh, you know, in that position he's got a great power. So a lot of our shows were starting to go kind of down the sort of magical, dark kind of route because of the musical choices he was making he loves that kind of Danny Elfman sort of score, yeah. and uh, he, um, he was like he kind of called it out one day, and he's like, you know what, I've noticed this is happening, so I want to direct a show where like I fully embrace that and make it about that, and then maybe we can stop putting it in like, our news show, and our confession show, and <laughs> our <picture laughs> show, and he's like, I can finally get it out of my system, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. Was the, that was the thing, and then he was like, this is, this is where I think it's coming from, so we started to look at, um, you know, like... All the Tim Burton films, yeah, and, and things that feel like they're in that world, and maybe a bit of Grimm's fairy tales, but it's weird. Like I think with Grimm's, because there's loads of improvised Grimm stuff out there, and it's because it's great. Um, but the the thing that I like about Burton is it's not oldy worldy. It mm. literally has no time. Mm. You know, so if you look at something like Edward Scissorhands or Big Fish or something like that, it's like uh, it's it feels in the past, but it's mm. also not. Yes. Um, so it's really lovely to have like all that stuff to play with um, to just live in its own little world, really. So we're trying to find ways of doing that.
0: I mean, it's really interesting, the idea of researching a genre to then replicate it on stage. Mm. So did you do it individually or did you just all...? Uh,
1: we had a sort of collective reading list that we sort of... Some Joe suggested a lot of stuff, and then as we started to do it, we were like, oh, this reminds me of it and this reminds me of it. And actually, it's the first time we've ever worked in this way. Like, I've worked in that way on other shows, but the Maydays have never done that because we tend to do more um, sort of premise, pull source material stuff, which is like has a much wider feeling. Um, but this is the first time we've gone. No, we're going to put on some makeup yeah. and some stripy tops
0: <laughs> and prance
1: around like idiots, you know. But it's good. I mean, restriction is good, I think. And yes. I know we won't do this show forever, but it's really good to. Um, force ourselves down a narrow path. because You learn stuff, don't you? Yes. I know um, Parallelogrammophonograph, who are one of my favourite troops. I remember them telling us that the way they create shows is they rehearse together, That they've been together for like over 10 years, and they go, what are we really bad at at the moment? Great, let's make a show to focus on that.
0: Wow, that's a really interesting idea. Which
1: is great, I think. And they've got a show called Villainy, which came from the fact that they're all such sweet people, <laughs> the fact that they were rubbish at playing villains. Right. So they made a show about it. Yes. And I, I think that is, I think, that's Im, I think that's improvisation. Like There's a spirit of it there. Yes. You know, like, just do the thing that you're most frightened of and bad at. and yes. Embrace it wholeheartedly, I guess.
0: Yes, that's a, yes, that is a really interesting, yes, rather than, yeah, because I'm sort of aware of that, um, you know, thinking about certain people have um, sort of default things that they go to because they know they're good at it and they know that it works. Yeah. And then it's a case of, um, you know, trying to avoid those fail-safes. Yeah. Um, I've been criticised for always sitting down um, in scenes. <laughs> it's, just I'm, it's comfortable, though, isn't it? It's comfortable, it? you know, just conserving energy. Yeah. Uh, and smoking a pipe. Um, there's no excuse for that. Um, it's a fun mime. <laughs> it's a fun mime.
1: That's all that's all the reason you need to.
0: <laughs> but then but then there's you know the kind of like well, maybe there's other things I should sit on or smoke um but yeah, it sounds like um p graph are taking that to the next level of you know that's a really interesting idea of you know
1: yeah i've really t- since i heard that I've really taken that with me, i think um and I think uh. Because we all went to Chicago recently. How was that? Oh, it was great fun. It was brilliant. And we picked, we did a DIY intensive, and we picked all our favourite teachers, and we learned with them. And we worked with Mick Napier one day, and that was really great. And what he, was he
0: like? Is he really grumpy?
1: He's nowhere near as scary as everyone says. <laughs> he's not as scary as John, that's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and he was great. Um, but one of the things he said that I really liked was this idea of toggling back and forth between what you're great at and what you're comfortable at uh, and then just toggling and alternating and going well i'm not gonna give myself a completely easy time the whole time but i'll just kind of yeah alternate and go right well i'm not doing this at the moment i'll do that a little bit uh, even if it's you know to, let's let's be practical uh, as an example you know say you, someone says you you're, you're a wonderful improviser you're always playing low status characters though mm-hmm. for example i know i am that's my sort of comfort zone mm-hmm. But instead of like beating yourself up with a birch branch, just going, okay, well, I'm going to let myself do that half the time and the other half the time I'm going to work on the opposite, hmm. which I think is a really nice, healthy way of um, getting better.
0: Yes. Without making
1: it not fun, you know?
0: Yes. Um, you know, that's, that's a really interesting idea. Why? What attracts you about playing low-status characters?
1: Mm. I think... Um, you know that whole uh, where your character is like a thin veil thing, and I think um, I think that you maybe this is not true because some people it's opposite. Waffling. Uh, I think like I'm probably quite a naturally low status person, um, not in a kind of uh, you know oh I'm oh I'm sorry sir, um, you know like like in a way that's obvious. But I think um, I relate to people by just generally being more open and deferring to them and asking them what they want rather than sort of saying this is what I want I don't think it means I'm not assertive in real life but Mm. I I just find it more comfortable to to be that way and therefore I think it's probably more comfortable to play that way Um, and it's not like uh, extreme but I think if I had to sort of, if I wrote down all my scenes I think I'd probably on balance be slightly more low status than high and again I think it's that thing And when you've been doing it for ages and ages hopefully you knock your defaults out of yourself? Mm, um, yeah. But, you know, if I play two scenes, I'd probably play low status first.
0: Right, okay. I, I, I'm guessing. So that's that's one of the things you toggle between the low status, which you'll feel more comfortable with, and then the high status, which maybe isn't quite your yeah. natural default. But are there other things you were toggling between?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, naturalism and heightened characters
0: right and which one is your comfort and which one is your
1: naturalistic right Um so again mine and Jules's show 10,000 million love stories is a naturalistic show but it's only two of us so we've been playing a lot with sort of having this central couple the love story as being like people that you feel like they're you you mm. know like Extreme characters are so fun to play and they're so funny on stage but I think, you know, if you're trying to make something that feels a bit more like something that people can relate to or isn't the kind of like face laugh but it's more of the sort of mm. lower down laugh, you mm, know. Yeah. It's quite nice to, to just make like really fully drawn characters and stuff, you know. So yeah, playing close to yourself and being quite naturalistic is lovely, but it's also nice to come on and um, you know, make a big choice Brian, Blessed just popped into my head. I was thinking... <laughs> there like is no choice. No, there's a choice yeah, no bigger than that. I was thinking, because I'm a five foot one uh, little lady, and I was thinking, <laughs> who, who would be an example of someone who doesn't look or sound like me? Yes. And that's another great thing with improv, isn't it? You can make choices that are really far away from yourself, and that's, that's also a pleasure. So I think the toggling thing, like I could give like a million examples, but I just think it's a really nice way of um, growing... You know, just noticing if you're doing something yes. and then going, okay, well, what's the opposite?
0: Yes. It's like um, having islands and then, you know, you can spend some time on the island and then you can go off the island when you're doing the thing you're uncomfortable with and then you can go on another island where you're comfortable and that sort of yeah.
1: thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a nice analogy.
0: <laughs> um, I've stolen that. <laughs>
1: it's quite steal away. There is no... Um, plagiarism and improv
0: it's all made oh, oh brilliant oh that's yeah. very good news yeah because I've got all these ideas for shows I can now do yeah good it. please take them all <laughs> I
1: don't i don't mind
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about 10,000 million love stories yeah uh, is that named after a take that song
1: no okay. and we always people think it's 10,000 million love songs
0: yes did I say that just then no
1: it's a million no, it isn't.
0: 10,000 million love stories.
1: Yeah, that's our show. But it's written on the wall. Because of a million love songs, Yes, people do often think it's songs. Yes. But basically, we just picked the stupidest number we could think of. and then That was
0: the stupidest number?
1: Well, we were like, we want to tell a lot of love stories. Yeah. What is a big number that sounds stupid? Yeah. So we started calling that as a joke, and then it just stayed.
0: Right, okay. I mean,
1: and if you go onto our website, it's just the number, 10,000 million. So it's one and then ten zero.
0: Dot <laughs> co dot UK. Link in the show notes.
1: Uh actually no, I mean you know it's not nothing's happening at the moment, we've just been on this stupid tour. So um we haven't done anything on the website for ages. <laughs> um yeah, so that's that's the thing with Jules. That's another one of the things that I do. Um
0: So how did that come about? Whose idea was that? Uh
1: that was a collective decision between me and Jules when Edinburgh. He might have talked about this probably. No, he
0: didn't really talk about improv on his uh, episode.
1: Did he not? (laughs) No. He probably talked about neuroscience, didn't he? That's what he normally does. Yeah,
0: weddings and all sorts of things. How
1: funny. Um, Yeah, we we went to see a show called Dirty Great Love Story, which is not an improvised
0: show. Oh, right. Um, It's
1: a a poetry theatre show. (laughs)
0: Um, whose choice was it to go and see that it was his (laughs) Uh,
1: Richard Marsh and Katie Bonner and actually they developed it at the nursery the old nursery Um, and it was so lovely it was so lovely that when the lights came up we looked at each other and we both had like tears just like streaming down our faces Jules did too I am ruining his reputation (laughs) and and we were like we went um, to the pub because it's Edinburgh that's what you do Uh, and we were like oh wouldn't it be lovely to make an improv show like that and so that's what we aimed to do. We might not have succeeded. I'm sure we haven't. But um, that's what we wanted to do, just to tell love stories. Because a lot in improv, um, you know, there's a lot of, like, the meet-cute kind of scenes. Or, like, big, uh, you know, like, you've cheated on me, or it's the end. But there's just not a lot of, like, happy, functional couples in improv. Yes. And I I was saying to someone the other day, this is depressingly true, I'm afraid, that, because, um, you know, I've been teaching for ages, that... Uh, when you get a suggestion from an audience of can I have a relationship married I would say 90% of the time the improvisers will go for a, like a, an argument
0: Yeah
1: Which um, I think probably says more about The way that we go to conflict for like a, yes. an interesting scene more than it does about the state of marriage today, right? Okay, I hope <laughs> um, But it's just a thing that I've noticed and I, I really wanted to just do some of the middles of relationships, yes. you know
0: Yes, it's strange because somehow it doesn't seem that a happy couple is going to be um, as interesting to watch. But it really is. It really is. And even yeah. in fiction, uh, when you've got a couple or a group, I love it when, you know, they may occasionally have their differences. But I don't want to see the group fighting. Okay. I want to see them solving okay. mysteries or whatever yeah. it is that they do and working together as a team. Yeah. So, uh,
1: and, I, and it's weirdly, since I've been doing that show, I, that made me think about love relationships. But lately I've started to think about how it's sort of for all relationships that we put on stage. You know, like, how often do you see, like, just two best friends just hanging out and enjoying each other's company? Or how
0: delightful it is when you do see that. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Or, like, mother-daughter scenes when nothing much happens, yeah, you know. Yeah, So yeah. I'm just a big fan of, like, link-later style improv, you know. Like, nothing happens. Yeah. Everything happens, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. yeah which I love, I love, 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 love. And it's really interesting as well because, um, you know, I do showstoppers as well, and uh, when I, I first started doing that, it was a lot about, like, narrative and plot. Right. And I think the last couple of years, even in that show, it feels like we've gone, hang on a minute, it's not important. Like, make believable people who, with lovely relationships, and the rest sort of takes care of itself, you yes. know? And I think that's the same for any show. Yes. I really, really do.
0: No one comes away from uh, an improv show going, I'm really glad they fixed that bike.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's from somewhere else as well. Huh? I lo- No, I love that one. Yes. I love that one. Citation needed. And it's true. It's really, really true. Yeah.
0: So, so what's it like? Uh, actually, let's, let's, let's finish uh, 10,000 million love stories before I ask you about the showstoppers. So uh, for people that haven't seen it, can you explain how, what the format is? Yes, I works? can, and
1: I would love to, and I want everyone to come and see it because I love the show. we talk to the audience about their love stories. So um, at the top of the show we get everyone to close their eyes and we throw out a bunch of phrases that are kind of um, evocative uh, of situations around love. So for example, you know, we might say first kiss or holiday romance or um, the one that got away or, you know, just friends. And we ask the audience to close their eyes and sort of reflect for a minute. And then we ask them to talk to each other, and while they're talking to each other, we go around and interview That's them.
0: That's really interesting.
1: Um, which we wanted to do, and this was Jules' um, uh, sort of bugbear, was that he wanted to make a show where the quietest voice in the room could end up having a chance of oh, being like a main yes. a main storyline. Yes. Because when you're dealing with like sort of emotionally vulnerable stuff like that, it's like, you know, you are going to get someone who's going to shout out, yes. and there's nothing wrong with that yes i yes. love those people yeah, yeah yeah but i also love the people that don't you yes. know so um so by getting people to talk to each other and we eavesdrop uh we just gave it we wanted to give it that extra layer of anonymity yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: so we do that and then we listen and listen and it's a massively over the top opening that takes ages but we think it's worth it and then we come back on and we retell the stories
0: so how do you remember
1: i think in the same way with with all improv or like an Armando or something you know it's like what's the thing that sparks you right so we obviously don't tell all of the ones we hear you know we yeah. chat to people and then the ones that make us go oh that's fun to play with right yes and then weirdly what tends to happen is um I'm sure there must be some psychology around this but maybe because of the we've experimented with changing the order of the call outs so right. when, we, when we said first kiss first we get a lot of t- like teenage romance yes so now we play with the order of what we suggest and it does seem to um put a theme in the audience's mind right. whether they realize that I and mean, we obviously can't plan that but we've had you know nights where it seems to be a lot of stories about friends falling in love or um about you know painful endings and and the other thing that happens sorry I am I feel like I'm going to talk to you now. I've got so much more to say have you got to go home and okay uh is that <laughs> um I like the fact as well that that top is improvised. So if I've got like a bunch of stories in my head, I'll listen to Jules's one, and then I'll immediately like filter down and go, okay, which of the ones in my head are relevant to what he's just said.
0: Uh, So um, you'll listen or talk to the audience, and then you come back on stage, and then you
1: retell the stories. Ah,
0: right. Okay. Right. Okay. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. So we retell the stories, so people get to hear them, but they're not. um, Yes. They're more anonymous.
0: Brilliant. Yes. But in
1: the same way that it's improvised, like I might hear an amazing story from someone, but uh, if Jules tells a story and it's like, hang on a minute, is, that, is the one I really wanted to tell relevant, or should I get rid of that and go, okay, you've told a story about uh, a, a, an adultery. Right. Maybe I will have one about an adultery, yes. and then we'll, we'll, we'll start to build on that as a thing. And then the show itself is, um, uh, has no form. Um, we have a few conventions, like, so we always play humans. Right. Um, so in other shows, I mean, I know that might sound stupid, but, you <laughs> know, yeah, for an improv podcast, maybe it doesn't. <laughs> no, no,
0: but, you no, know, like in
1: other shows, I'd be like, I'll play a lamp or an <laughs> yes. animal or, or the concept of time or something. <laughs> yeah. So for this one... I have, do,
0: do love your portrayal of the concept of time. Thank you. So I never, thank you very uh, you much. Know, I mean, it's uh, one of, I'm very well known yeah, for no, that one. Uh...
1: Um, but for that one, we're like, no, it's a naturalistic show, so we'll always play humans. Um, and we have a convention that we we'll play multi characters even though there's two of us and we will also play each other's but we've I done I love that. I oh, love it's that. so fun. It's yeah. really fun. Because then you can tell the story and it becomes more about what's the story that needs yes. to happen rather than yes. what do I want to do. Yes. So that's really fun. And um we've been you know, we've done like one scene in a show and we've done like lots. So we don't have a form, but we just have a feeling. Yes. Gosh, that's wanky! No,
0: that's exactly the sort of material we want on the podcast. That's what that's what people listen to this podcast and really enjoy. It is. You can have that one podcast, people. (laughs) (laughs) And and when you're telling, um, retelling the stories that you've heard in the audience, um, are you embellishing at all, or you just trying to? Is it a kind of um, a playback theatre kind of thing where you're just trying to do it? When you, I understand that when you're improvising a scene, you'll be embellishing adding information, but when you're retelling the story... So we'll
1: just retell them straight. Yeah. So, like, you know, if you're doing an Armando or, or any sort of, like, a monologue thing, it's the same thing, except we're trying to preserve the... Um, anonymity, you know, like... Yes. Preserve the person's privacy by doing it for them, but we still get the truth. Yes. Because the truth's always more interesting, yes. isn't it? yes. You can't make up anything more interesting than the truth
0: and also it's easier yeah exactly you're not to make stuff up
1: exactly yeah and I just love hearing people's stories yeah. you know like everyone's got a that's the lovely thing about working from memory is that you know people think about things that are really important to them and resonate with them you know and that that's that stays in the room so you know it might not always be funny but it's you know it's yes. always human and real and
0: And yes, also having, if it is one of your stories that is retold and then you see it um, performed is such a powerful Mm. um, experience. I was doing a musical uh, course with Katie Shute and she did that exercise where you tell a story from your life and then you have it sung back to you from the past, the present and the future. And I was like, wow, I'm really getting an insight into the time that I hitched to Paris in 1994 and how I felt about it at the time and how I feel about it now and I thought what are the chances of this but actually it was really powerful I thought yeah I've gained some psychological insight as well as being entertained while this happens that's
1: excellent yeah we had this one couple um uh called Penny and Steve in Edinburgh last year who um unusually we, we normally touch on like a bunch of stories but we ended up just following theirs and um and they'd, like, they were newlyweds, but they're in, like, their 50s. Um, so they'd be, like, been together less than a year. So they were, like, really in love, but really cute.
0: And um, <laughs>
1: they told us their story, and we just basically ended up reenacting their story, which was, have I got time to tell it? Yes, of course. Was that um, she, so he was friends with, no, she was friends with his mum. And she would take his mum to church every single uh, Sunday, or maybe they met there, so she'd be there. And his son, Steve, um, her son Steve, he would come and visit his mum once a month. So once a month they would run into each other at church on a Sunday while he was visiting his mum and she lived in the same town. And uh, this happened for four years until eventually he asked her out and they went for a drive and they went to some gardens and they had a kiss and they got together and were together ever since. And we were like, well, when did you know? When did you know? And they're like, oh, we knew straight away. But it was just like the longest like courtship ever of just like just it being enough to see each other and then they just they knew they were going to get together so of course we just sort of did the literal version of that which is like one show which was like the most drawn out version of two people getting together that we could do you know yes. um, and it was lovely and afterwards they were like what the fuck just happened because <laughs> they'd never seen any improv <laughs> And they're having a shit day, their mortgage uh, offer had just been uh, turned down and there was the rain and it was Edinburgh and they didn't know what to do and there was this free show and they were like,
0: ah! <laughs> oh, That's amazing. And it was lovely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I loved it. Things like that make it all worthwhile, yeah. I think.
0: So, you may...
1: <laughs> I'm opening my water quietly. <laughs> that was good,
0: that was very considerate. I shouldn't have just let you do it without drawing attention to it. Um... So yes, uh, let's talk about musical improv. Let's. It's my very favourite type of improv. Me too. I've decided that is my favourite type of improv. How did you get into being musical in the first place and then how did you get into improvising musically?
1: Um, so as well as doing improv I do musical stuff so in a couple of bands and things. Um, Who are? Uh, So I'm in a band called New York Dollies um, and I sing with a band called Electric Soft Parade sometimes and a band called The Fiction Isle and that's more like indie sort of stuff. We're on Spotify. Um, (laughs) But I I mean, I don't write stuff, I just sort of, I'm just a renter voice really Um, and I love it and I love music and so when I joined the Maydays, um, they were like, oh, at the moment we're doing an improvised musical. (laughs) So I was like, okay.
0: Is this the one that John Kramer was not happy about having to do music? Probably. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, probably. I think it's because Katie went to see Baby Wants Candy in 2005. And then How came many back. things
0: start with people went to see Baby Wants yeah. Candy and then it's like, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> and She just
1: came back and she said, that's what we're doing now. And no one else was really doing anything like that at the time in the UK. So we were like, okay. Um, well, they were. I joined about that time. And so, because I was already an improviser, I just went, yeah, okay. And I never even thought about it. I didn't know fucking anything about song structure or improvising, improvising um, songs and music as opposed to, and this is my pet hate, music playing and an improviser singing, Right. to me, is not musical improv. Ah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I'm a little bit militant about that. Right. I don't see why we can't, improvise songs that sound as good and well structured as real songs. And that's not to say that you have a structure in mind every time. I just mean like listening for patterns and riffs and waves of singing and making lovely tunes. Um, I love it. I love it so much. Um, So I'm, I'm, yeah, I I don't like it when it's lazy, you know? Um, So that happened. And then me and Joe, musical director, got really into our music and we started making this podcast, um, Stupid Experiments, Singing in the Dark. Uh,
0: that is my favourite podcast. Oh,
1: thank you. We've got so many in the bank. We're going to go and do, got some, more. Yeah, we're going to do stuff with elephants and gamelans this year. So keep looking out. We've just been so busy. And then we wrote the book. Um, and I just love it so much. And then, yeah, did uh, join Showstoppers November 2014?
0: What's it like being in Showstoppers?
1: For me, it's great. Because I am on the Z list, <laughs> uh, not the Z list, but like obviously they've been established for a really long time. They're fucking brilliant yes. at what they do, and you'll notice I I still find myself saying they yeah. rather than we. Oh right, yes, which is really interesting. Yes, I, I'm have I can say we, but I think because um, you know I'm a newer member of the company, I, I really love um, being able to go in and just do what I love the most the best I can and that's it really isn't it so I'm doing Edinburgh this year with them I'm really excited about that um, because you know they've they've got so much going on and so many brilliant opportunities and um I'm just happy to take what I can get really in that situation um yeah really inspiring and so different again from all the other work that I do you know they
0: yeah.
1: are 100% hardcore showbiz yes and I think what's really different about them is obviously it's an improvised show but that is not the focus of rehearsals. That's not the focus of what they do. Oh, right. Um, it's about doing a musical. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: That show is, obviously, as individuals, people do other shows. But, like, we're going to do a musical, and we're going to take that goddamn seriously and, and do it to the absolute best of our ability. You know, so there's no, um, there's very little we want you to know that we're improvising in that show.
0: Right, yes.
1: Um, it's super slick. Yes. And I think that's a great challenge, you know. Whereas Baby Wants Candy, for example, are a lot more kind of, hey, we're doing a funny thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there's enough room for both of those exactly. things. And they're both yeah, wonderful yeah, exactly. things, but they're just different things. And
1: I, and, yeah, and I love it. I mean, God, what a wonderful world to have all these great things.
0: To have B- Baby Wants Candy and showstoppers. Yeah. 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 So uh, what does what would a typical showstoppers rehearsal be like?
1: Am I allowed to say... Am I allowed to go behind the scenes? I
0: think so. I think if if people are still listening at this point, then yeah, they're, they're, what they're, I mean we've
1: gone over, haven't we? They're,
0: they're, they're, they're.
1: Um, well, I think what's really interesting. You were talking about genre earlier on. Is that you know, um, it's it's a genre show. Yes. It's a very hardcore genre show. Not just it's a musical. Because again, you know, like sometimes you do shows and like uh, give me a, a musical style, and people go musical. So people <laughs> Right? I've never heard that. Have you ever heard no, that? I've not
0: heard that. That has been a
1: regular thing. <laughs> what is the type of music? Musical. Because, you know, they, they might say folk or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, and, and to be fair, I would know what they mean when they said that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just kind of go Rogers and Hammerstein slash yeah, yeah. Disney generic. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. But the, the reason Showstoppers are great is because they hardcore drill and they know their musicals, yeah. man. They know their musicals. Obviously, they've been in the West End now, so. The call outs are going to be for up-to-date stuff and, and everything under the sun, and Duncan, who's the main uh, musical director, he's fantastic um, and everybody really knows their shit yeah so um, to be honest, a lot of rehearsals are about keeping up to date with the musical stuff really Yeah, because you know everyone's pretty experienced and people know how to improvise yes. and um, uh, so a lot of it's like you know what's happening with choreography at the moment, what's happening with musical... You know, like, Hamilton's just gone huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of knowing what what is Hamilton, like, yes. What what would you have to do not to do an impression of Hamilton, yes. but to improvise a number as good as it would need to be to be in Hamilton and not look out of place in the style of it. Yes. I think that is the aim.
0: Yes.
1: Which is stupidly ambitious. Yes. And how fantastic is that?
0: Yes, that's amazing. I hope I'm
1: doing justice to that. I think... Because like obviously Adam Megiddo is the director of that show and Dylan Emery and they're both brilliant, but like they've got such clear vision for what they want it to be. Yeah. So I hope I'm describing that vision. In well, the best I'm terms. hoping
0: to get them on at some point. They can they can um,
1: express. You can tell me if they say something different.
0: <laughs> but even but I mean it's 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 still it's still interesting just to get other people's takes on things. So mm. um, I did a. Um, Did a couple of singing genre workshops um, with uh, showstoppers, and uh, the Gilbert and Sullivan section was. um, It was both a high point and a low point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought, well, I'm I'm kind of glad that I probably will never be called upon to do this on stage, but um, I'm really glad that I have (laughs) (laughs) given it a go.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've done a few of those now, and um, they're funny. <laughs> they, they are funny. But yeah, it's, it's it's I do really admire the commitment to we're not just going to do something that rec- is recognizable as that and, and get a laugh. It's like Yes. They do good. Yeah, yeah. Gilbert Gilbert and Gilbert, Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> it must be coming to the end. Um <laughs> yeah, they they do they just do really good versions of stuff, you know? yes. And I just I think that's I think that is great. I think that's great for the art form, really, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely to have them. So we say they're the apex. Apex. Zenith? Is zenith
1: top? Yes. Because there's a a mountain word. um, Summit. Yes. And I think summit sounds so much like the word plummet. (laughs) But it doesn't feel like a top word to me. (laughs) Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, well, yes. I uh, know you explained it like that. I've never we've... thought about that that way before. We're at
1: the summit.
0: Yeah, it makes me sound like we're going to plummet. We're, yeah, yes, we're going to plunge
1: I'm... off <laughs> the summit to the abyss. Uh, that's probably a lot to do with my psychological psychological state. let ex-
0: explore your psychological state. Oh no! State.
1: <laughs> Please don't. No one wants to hear that.
0: I think I think if they've been listening to this long, they do. They so so when you're at the summit do you fear that a fall is to come? <laughs> I, haven't actually, I haven't actually made anyone cry on the podcast yet. Maybe so today's the maybe day. Maybe today's the day. No,
1: I'm not. I was fake. I'm alright. Just pretend. Wasn't
0: the cry for help? No. <laughs> it's a particularly uh, un- inaccurate cry for help uh, going on a podcast and then making you cry for help. An hour in yeah <laughs> if anyone was gonna do yeah. an intervention this have is we talked
1: from... have i talked too much what no, did i say to you at the beginning i said i'm going to talk too much not at all then i'm worried now that don't i have worry. you're going to cut me slice me down no
0: oh no <laughs>
1: i think i've been boring
0: right? i know you've been boring i've been interested
1: you've been interesting
0: well thank you very much <laughs> i think you've been this is good stuff
1: okay good 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 good
0: and, you know, the audience for this is self-selecting, as in, you know, if they don't like improv, they'll listen to, you know, something else.
1: That's true. Improv's great, isn't it?
0: It's great, yeah. yeah that's... that's the overall conclusion, <laughs> that's, isn't it? It's like
1: That's it's, the conclusion. It's good, isn't it? Do what makes you happy. Yeah. Hopefully that's improv. <laughs> so do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's great. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Not really. Or maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's good, and it's good that you're you're doing this.
0: Thank you. I'm enjoying um, it very much. I've really enjoyed sitting down and talking to people about improv for an hour. Yeah. And you know, there was loads of, there's you know, um, you know, Jules doing the ones when and um, C three something, Carleen and Shem doing, you know, your um, teachers that come across. But I felt yeah. well, there's also a lot of people in the UK that you know would be fun to talk to as well.
1: And I think that's really important, actually. I think that's really great because, you know, there's, there are so many fantastic teachers and performers in the UK. And, and actually, in Europe, I have to say, I think we look to America a lot, but if there's anything that's really exciting me at the moment, it's the stuff that's coming out, like France and Italy and all this incredible, uh, physical, just brilliant stuff, you know. And there's room for all of it. Um, so yeah, it's lovely to talk to local performers and find out what they're up to. Because you know, we're we're in the middle of a revolution. Yeah. A very slow
0: wave that's <laughs> breaking very in slow motion.
1: And soon all the bodies will be washed up on the shore. Happy bodies.
0: Happy <laughs> yeah, alive no. ones. Because yeah, when we were on the wave, I was like, I was on board so, for this. we on surfboards. Sorry, we're on we're surfboards. surfboards. Okay.
1: Yeah, when we crash. <laughs> analogy means anymore. It went wrong.
0: Well, it was, you know. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll find out when, when or if the wave breaks.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've lost it. I've actually lost it now. that was it it happened I could hear it yeah no sound effects required
0: I could hear the sound of the improv wave breaking
1: yeah I think it's just the sound of the class in the next room isn't it
0: do you think they're having more fun they couldn't
1: be yeah it's good I feel like we've sort of informally ended haven't
0: we I think we probably have we need to say goodbye. You don't really do it. No. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I made this. That's improv. That's improv. <laughs>